Hey friends, welcome to our digital space. On This Girl Life, we're trying to figure life out. And there's no better way to do that than with your best friend by your side. So join us each week as we bring on experts to help us navigate This Girl Life. All right, here are your hosts, Whitney and Kristen. Hi guys, it's Kristen and Whitney. Welcome back to This Girl Life podcast. We're your hosts, bitches. Yeah. Yeah, and we're back. I just thought my mic was off. So sorry, guys. I like paused for a second. I was like, is my mic on? Welcome back, you guys. Um, We're excited. And what? Another beautiful week. It is another beautiful week. Um, It definitely is. So we're pumped to be back. And yeah, let's just dive in. I got into the stupidest fight with Adam last night. Okay. And then it made me realize that this, this is a fight that people have strong opinions on. Oh, so, I love this stuff. Okay. <laughs> so I asked Adam last night, I was like, hey, when you come up, will you bring a royal roll of toilet paper? And he brought the roll of toilet paper, put it on the thing. And ours is the kind where, like, you don't have to take the whole thing out. You just, like, flip it up, slide the toilet paper on. And he put it on upside down. In my world, the toilet paper should roll over the top of the roll. Like, you don't pull from the bottom. It rolls over the top. Okay. And I was like... How have we been almost together for 10 years and I never knew that you put on toilet paper like an asshole? And he's like, what are you talking about? I just like put the roll on. And I'm like, you put it on upside down. And he's like, this is the weirdest thing that you've ever gotten annoyed with me about. And I was like, no, this is a thing. This is your psycho moment for sure. But this is a thing. How do you put toilet paper on? You just slide it on nonchalantly and don't look. Everybody get ready. So you are kale my husband in this relationship and i'm the one that's just like just get the toilet paper on this stupid thing i don't care what way it goes i honestly like don't i'm when i'm on the pot i'm not focusing on my toilet paper how it's i'm like let's just move on oh i literally sat down and was like oh my god like i can't it's like someone who claps when the plane lands like what if you were dating someone and fell in love and you're on a trip and they started clapping when the plane lands. And then you're like, oh my God, we have to break up. Like it's that it's like that. Like I, I cannot. Have, have you dated someone like that? No, but I sat next to someone on our flight on Monday at 10 p.m. at night. He fing starts clapping. And I'm like, first of all, I have a sleeping baby on my lap. Second, I'm like, get the hell out of here. We it was a 40-minute flight. You're like, yeah, yeah. We landed. <laughs> I mean, maybe like, they really have anxiety is, and it's a big deal that the plane landed. Like, this is the pilot's job every day. <laughs> like, that's, oh my gosh. I just, that made me so happy. I have very strong opinions on and apparently Adam does not. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I guess like, we've never even shit. thought about it, but Sorry. we too were like five years in to dating slash marriage. Like, and we had this conversation too. And it is something so let's just get everyone's opinion on that, and we'll take a poll on Instagram. Over or under? Over or under. It, oh. it, it could be a relationship deal breaker. There, Yeah, I mean, we can think. Let's think of some other relationship deal breakers. So you prefer, like, or you're thinking of any type of clapping. <laughs> um, for me, a big one is um, booger picking. And, like, have you ever dated someone who puts boogers on a wall? What? Yeah. I've never dated a three-year-old. Sorry. No, no, I I've been there and done that. Yeah, Not I would find boogers. Did that? No, I did for like a split second, and then it was it was honestly kind of like, yeah, 
Mm -hmm. I know, guys. This is like, that's a deal breaker for me. Boogers are weird. It's kind of like the um, when Harry puts the tea bags all over Charlotte's apartment and yes. like leaves his tea bags and then he sits naked on her white couch. Yeah, she was so nice about that when you think back on <laughs> I would have freaked out. I know. So Adam is kind of the king of like when he's sick, he'll bring the whole tissue box to his nightstand. Okay. Yeah. And then blow his nose and leave all of the stack of tissues on the nightstand. Oh. And like I make my bed and clean my room every morning and I'm like excuse me no like I love you but I'm not touching your booger tissues yeah I mean so as like, nurse Whitney here that is very much a transmission of you know <laughs> bodily fluids yeah no no that's another good one yep I appreciate that um another one for me it's not a deal breaker but it's definitely a red flag is when somebody <laughs> when somebody can't wash they can put their bowl in a sink but they can't put water in it <sighs> Okay. I would take it one step further. Yeah. Put it in the damn dishwasher. Yeah. I'm not as anal on that. Maybe now we're just bitching about our husbands. <laughs> <laughs> Adam is very good at it, but every once in a while, I'm like, this spoon, like, where did it come from? And why is it on the sink and not in the dishwasher? And he'll be like, oh, I just forgot. And I was like, what? You're like, how do you forget your spoon after, like, you had cereal? <laughs> And you had a bowl and you had a spoon. Oh my gosh, this is <laughs> Um back to the booger picking one. Yes. Sometimes Okay, I, there are these two girls we went to high school with and one of them listens to our podcast and she's going to know that I'm referencing her, but we were friends when I was a junior and she was a senior. And we would talk about how sometimes you get home from school and like you've been at school all day in the public, you know, like people are around. Yeah. And it feels so good to pick your nose. Because you get those, like, hard buggers, you know? But as she said, one time she was in her car after school, so excited to finally get to pick her hard buggers and got caught. <laughs> I cannot but, wait to find out who this is. I feel like everyone can relate to the hard bugger when you, like, finally get that out where your nose hurts. I can, but I'm going to be real honest. Again, I'm very particular about this, and I feel like if you're going to pick your nose, do it privately and make sure you're like not putting well, it on the walls just, yeah the wall thing is something I've never heard of yeah or like or like picking it and you're in the car instead of rolling the window down you put it like in the bottom of the car like by your I'm not gonna call out who I know that does that but someone in my family does that and I, every time I get on them so fast I'm like you're the grossest human ever okay we need a transition okay. from buggers so good so good oh I don't know what's I happening this conversation to lead into boogers I know but I guess when you're a mom it's not even a mom like I guess everybody has boogers but okay the deep secret part of their hearts they know that we're true and that yeah you know happens well oh are we gonna do a quick yay and nay with Wit and K it's yay and nay with Wit and K oh shit all right I'm ready I went first last time. You get to go first. This time. Okay, my yay this week. I'm gonna get specific. Is peak tea, and I've talked about it on my Instagram before, um, and I hope to be personally working with them soon. <clears throat> but um, <coughs> cough, cough, cough. No, I mean <laughs> we're already talks, but I honestly am all about them because the way they produce their tea, the way they test it, and you guys, it's 
it's like such good tea I can't even explain it and so I've been trying to minimize coffee doing like healthier forms of caffeine and or no caffeine you know so anyways peak tea it's my go to oh I have a hiccup go to <laughs> that's my yay <laughs> okay my yay Oh, God. I was not prepared for this. I, I think you should share what you shared on your Instagram just a minute ago. Oh. Yeah. So this is a company I've worked with a bunch in the past, and they're wonderful. They're called Mapiful. And you you make a map of a certain town place, you know? So we've done where we live, the city in which we live and where we bought Quinny home. We did um, the island that we honeymooned on. And then I just did one for my mother-in-law. She grew up in the tiniest little town called Pocahontas, Iowa, and it's teeny. It's literally one street, doesn't have any street lights. And then on it, I put a red heart where her home is. Like I was able to find on the map, like her, where she grew up. And her mom just moved out of Pocahontas and moved into a nursing home. So it's just like a really special, if you know somebody who has a special place in their like heart or something like that, it's just a cool memory and you can make them in all kinds of different shades and colors and looks and it's it's super cool I'm thinking about doing one for my mom yeah Yeah. my mom was like why don't I have one of these yet I'm like well you know Pocahontas Iowa she (laughs) move out of there because what just happened with the democratic (laughs) situation that's a whole scenario yeah okay on today's the negativity yeah. of life, which I need to be more positive. Obviously, today our episode, we talk about this. But negative. Um, negative is this. Okay, Blakely has rarely, my daughter, if who, if you are new, I have one little munchkin. Um, she's rarely, like, hurt herself, ever fallen. No, like, nothing. Yesterday, we're at the jungle gym. And you know those, like, half rainbows where you have to, like, climb yeah. up? And, and she fell them. through one of them for the first time and like fell and hit her back and immediately of course there was all these kids on the playground I'm like shit I like literally (laughs) I ended up apologizing to the parents that were there I'm like I'm sorry but yeah it was the first time where it was like a major fall for her and by the grace of God she was totally fine but I had my first parenting moment which is crazy that we're almost four and that was like the first big wow yeah I know that's my negative for the week my negative, we're pre-recording this, but on the day this releases, Quinny is getting her tubes put in today. Yeah. Um, which is a positive and a negative because she's just going to be under and I just am really nervous, but it's a positive because it's going to be good in the outrun or in the long run. But yeah, yes. it's a little nerve wracking to put your 17 month old. Well, under I will keep encouraging you because I did a lot of these surgeries with, and I know that she's going to do great. She is healthy. She's going to do great. And then her ears are going to feel so much better. So, yes. Okay, that was a quick yay, nay. We were going to jump in, dive in, whatever, (laughs) to this episode. We're so excited. I'm really excited. Guys, we have an awesome guest for you today. We are bringing on Justin Janoska. He is a powerhouse. He is the author of The Flexible Dieting Disaster. He's a clinician. Did I say that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Founder of the autoimmune revolution. And basically he focuses on reversing autoimmune diseases. So think Hashimoto's endometriosis, PCOS, lupus. He has a master's in human nutrition from the university of Bridgeport. And his whole focus is really this mind body medicine. Um, he helps guide women through 
healing and in healing to reverse autoimmune diseases naturally naturally yep so on this episode you guys were breaking down pcos for you um how you can know if you have pcos what it looks like to recover from pcos because he believes you can truly go into remission um we talk about lifestyle um, and how PCOS is lifestyle-based. Um, a lot of this, we talk about birth control, which can get really interesting. And we also talk about emotional trauma associated with PCOS. Um, I get a little emotional, so get ready for that. Uh, we also just dive into some follower questions, which are great. So. Um, stay tuned for all of that. And if you love this um, episode, you get a lot of just goodies from it. We want to hear from you guys. So let us know on Instagram or leave us a review on iTunes. We love a good review from you guys. So enjoy this episode. Hi, Justin. Welcome. We are excited because I am ready for you to break down what PCOS is for all of us. Yeah, I'm psyched. <laughs> Let's dive into All the things. PCOS Let's do it. do it. So kind of break it down for us. Um, let everybody know. I think we hear the term PCOS, but what what really is it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great question. So PCOS uh, is essentially just a multi-system disorder, right? That's largely underpinned by hormonal imbalances like insulin resistance and maybe estrogen dominance and high androgens potentially. Um, and it obviously has a genetic component to it, but it is an environmental, uh, environmentally driven condition too. So one thing I would say is that, you know, if lifestyle got you here, which it did with PCOS and lifestyle can get you out. So the genetics are not the reason why we have PCOS or why it's so prevalent now but it is certainly lifestyle driven, but there are many components to it, which is why it's so complex. And there's a lot of it we don't know still in the literature, but we know enough to help women with it and reverse it and get them back to their old life and how they used to feel and and look, but it's very challenging. And so unfortunately we've just, uh, the conventional medicine that is, has kind of give us, given us this impression that it can just be remedied with metformin or birth control or, you can't do anything about it. I hear all the time um, from people. Yeah, the doctor said just to lose weight, they'll fix it, which is kind of ironic because you can't lose weight. <laughs> you know, it's the opposite, actually. Yeah, so right. it's a really complex thing. It's not um, impossible. You know, it's, see people, women change all the time and get it, and get better with it. But it, it's just a, a whole body syndrome. It's a lot of deficits and weak links in the chain, if you will. So I want to kind of bring it back. So. I feel like in our age, Whitney and I are in thirties and trying to have kids and all of that stuff. And so a lot of times you hear, Oh, I have and people just kind of throw that out there. Like, Oh yeah, my doctor said I had it. So for our listeners, how can you start to think about, do I have it? How should I present this to my doctor to start getting tested? What are some of those initial signs to say I may or may not have this? Right. So a good question for sure. And, and one of the telltale signs is actually whether or not you have any previous history of anovulation or um, oligomenorrhea, irregular cycles. Um, so it's challenging because a lot of pe- women will say they're on birth control and 
Um, and then the, suddenly they get off of it and they have post birth control syndrome. And that looks a lot like PCOS, which is, you know, there's a difference. You can develop PCOS and sometimes it's just a, a consequence of getting off the pill and then it goes away. Um, so if you have irregular cycles, um, before you were on birth control, that's probably a good, good clue that you had a brewing in your body for a while. Um, but to really confirm it, um, you, you have to look at not only that, your menstrual history, but also um, the, the, the cysts is the thing now where everyone's talking about like, oh, but doctor said I have cysts, so I must have it or I don't have cysts or therefore I don't have PCOS, um, which isn't really the issue. And you can have normal, you know, looking ovaries and everything like that and still have PCOS. So it's confusing. So that's not really... Uh, completely reliable. And, and so instead, we want to look at, um, I would say, in addition to that, um, looking at the menstrual cycle history issue, like we talked about in high androgens, and, and seeing what your symptoms are. Symptoms are the most important thing, honestly. We get swung up on labs, but we need to honor our, like our, our body and listen to what, what it's saying to us. Because if you have symptoms of unexplained hair growth, hair loss, depression, you know, forgetfulness, skin tags, um, infertility issues, of course, a weight gain, endless weight gain, no matter what you do, how much you exercise, how you know, little you eat. Yeah, it's all pretty good clue. <laughs> You're probably uh, flirting on the line, right? Yeah. Well, as somebody who has some of those, um, I definitely can say that, yeah, I mean, you never know. I, I should have like known I didn't have periods my whole life pretty much, you know? So mm -hmm. for me right there, I think that was like a sign. But what's sad is that so much of in your 20s and in your teens, you're like, you don't really think about how it's going to affect you in your 30s. Right. So when you want to start yeah. having kids, right? You're just like, yeah. oh, nice. You're I like, I don't want to get pregnant. That's the only thing yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't want to get pregnant right now in my 20s. Right. Um, right. Right. So it's hard to like jump on the bandwagon and like ask these questions just when you're younger and getting started. That's just from personal experience. But what is your um, kind of opinion on, obviously, birth control to help PCOS and then metformin? There's so many different options, I guess. Mm -hmm. And what, to me, the healthcare industry seems to just push a couple different options. So for these girls that are just getting diagnosed and they're like, hey, we're just going to start you on birth control or metformin, whatever. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, birth control really is. It's uh, there's a lot of negative consequences with it for with long-term use, but at the same time, it is really helpful in some in some instances, especially if you have like you're 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 you have risk for your risk for endometrial hyperplasia or endometriosis or something like that. And I have women who are clients that is who have endometriosis with a comor you know comorbid with PCOS. And they have to be on it. Otherwise, they're going to be in a lot of pain or it's going to turn to cancer maybe. So it's all about context. But yeah, you know, in the preliminary stages, I guess, if you want to be on hormonal birth control, that's okay. But realize that, yeah, it's just a Band-Aid and it might help you and curb symptoms. But to really get to the root of the issue, you have to do the other work alongside of it. And then eventually you can get off birth control. And that's been my experience. And same with metformin, by the way. Um, really, actually, it's really good and helpful. But guess what? Berberine is just as effective and it has no side effects. <laughs> so just a quick, uh, yeah. talk to us a little bit there. more about that. So yeah. what is that exactly? Because they put me on metformin for a while, but I did my own research and 
like I, I had heard of this, but I actually didn't take it. And they ended up taking me off metformin anyways because I was yeah. um, hypoglycemic, actually. It just was not right mm -hmm. for me. So, yeah, share a little bit about that. Yeah, berberine, it's just like a really good uh, plant compound that's been shown to help with blood sugar, dysregulation, insulin resistance. Um, and that's really what it does. It helps you with you know, controlling that from the liver uh, standpoint in, in, in a way and also with sensitivity. So um, that's a good thing because <laughs> insulin resistance is like a strong – it underpins the PCOS for most of them like upwards of 80%. So, and it's hard to know because testing is not very clear. We can't like do one test to figure that out. Every, all the cells in the body are different with, with their sort of like sensitivity to insulin. So, but it definitely is one of the things that's an issue. And so if you have insulin problems, then you have antigen problems usually. And if you have antigen problems, you have infertility problems. So it's all a chain reaction. It's all connected. But, you know, berberine is not some magical fix, by the way. I mean, it's helpful. I use it all the time, but you have to do everything else too. Right. Um, but just know that it definitely does make a difference for sure. You had mentioned when you first started that PCOS is a lifestyle condition and yeah. if you've got in it via a lifestyle, you can get out of it via a lifestyle. So mm -hmm. what are some of those factors that you're talking about? Right. <laughs> That's the big question. <laughs> um, so when someone's in it and they're like, I really would like to not be on metformin, I would like to not be on birth control. What are some of those factors they can use to maybe help them back out of this lifestyle? Yeah. So this is all part of the investigative process with what I do, but you know, a lot of the things I've seen over and over are, you know, related to um, diet. You know, diet has a has a role, but it's it's, it's small. I, I literally tell people that it's not as um, it, it gets a lot of attention. You know, yeah, we need to you know minimize dairy and and red meat and you know because of the xenoestrogens in it and the hormones and stuff like that, but. Um, same with gluten to a degree, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that's causing inflammation, which is one of the cornerstone, uh, which is like a cornerstone part of the, of PCOS. So what other things are causing inflammation? Well, in, environmental toxins are definitely a thing. BPA, dioxins, phthalates, things like that. For one thing is, is something I see a lot and, uh, that can push you into estrogen dominance. And, um, especially if you have a sluggish, bile or gallbladder issues or liver stagnation, uh, which doesn't help the cause, right? Um, infections are a hugely overlooked and underrecognized part of this. People don't realize that um, even if you are not obese and you're the lean PCOS type, which is mostly what I've worked with, there's a lot of infections going on down there and dysbiosis, I find. Um, and literature has shown us that, and that can lead to more inflammation and weight gain and bloating and all the acne issues that we see. So there's that. And um, circadian rhythm too, actually. Um, if your sleep is off and you're not getting sunlight and in the morning, that stuff can literally, Here, here's the most interesting thing. I'll, I'll go off on a tangent real quick. Um, do you know about leptin resistance? Is that a term you've heard of? Mm -hmm. I'm sure right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen's like, no, but Whitney has, right? So. That's just why this is, this is the good dynamic. This is yeah. The, so yeah. Let's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So share just, away. Just, just, just to keep it really brief, but leptin resistance is this condition, this issue where your brain can't get the signal that you're full, right? And that you've, eat, you've eaten and you're like, okay, um, I'm full, I don't need to eat, but your brain doesn't recognize that. That really largely stems from insulin resistance, right? So what we found is that um, independent, uh, like weight gain and an inability to 
um, you know, resolve your symptoms overall in general. Um, uh, it happens like regardless of how little you eat, how much you exercise, um, any of that stuff, because leptin resistance is going to overshadow everything. And guess what creates that the most more than anything? So circadian rhythm imbalances. Really? Yeah. So, so, um, it, it's a big deal. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like, yeah, getting sunlight is a big important thing. If you're a night shift worker, um, things like that, like that's a big issue, unfortunately, and it can be a, a huge impediment. So, um, you know, things like that. And then gut health, like I said, um, and then stress and trauma, that's probably the, the most important thing in my, in my book, because I've seen that like probably like 90, 80, 90% of my clients with PCOS. So if you unresolved unreconciled trauma from past childhood issues or even adult stress and stuff, mm. I, I literally tell everybody that stress is the Achilles heel of PCOS. You can take every supplement known to mankind about PCOS to help you with this. You can do a detox, work in your gut, exercise, until you're blue in the face, you're, and, it will, and stress will overshadow and derail you and you'll never get out of this because it's that powerful. So that's the most important thing in my, my book. Yeah. Well, I, I told you at the beginning, I think you in a way are like a industry disruptor in a really great way. And this is coming from someone who's going to be in that, you know, a nurse practitioner, and I probably will be considered that myself. I don't walk the normal path, but hearing you talk about all these different, you know, to me, it's like a holistic reason of why we're at this place. And you just shared like mm -hmm. all those factors play in, but for some reason, my little comrades um, doctors and MPs have a hard time, you know, having people evaluate the whole picture. So thank you for doing this and just being you. Can I ask, you. <laughs> Can I ask my, an opinion of you too? Yeah. As of someone who's not, do you think it's easier for nurse practitioners and doctors and all these people to just say, take the pill, let's be done? Because what you're explaining, both of you, is a lot of work. Like, yeah. And there's no money in that. There's no money in That's sitting with them for five care. hours. Right. Ding, so they're ding, like, ding, take ding, the pill, take metformin, and then we'll yeah. see you later. And here's yeah. hoping it cures it instead mm -hmm. of looking at what you're talking about. Yes. I think it's both. <laughs> I think it's it, I, I think it's because, yeah, it's inconvenient. It's more convenient to give away something that just like makes them happy for a little bit. Right. And the money thing. Um, and also the lack of knowledge is most doctors don't know anything about PCOS, truthfully. You know, it's. Yeah, it's very much just uh, I feel like they have their little blinders on. And trust me, I've already like gone to fertility doctor after fertility doctor. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been a battle working with them, um, doing what I like, doing what they like. So um, but back to the lifestyles, truthfully, I kind of want to dive into um, the emotional trauma side of things, mm -hmm. because what's hard is. I think for people, it's easy, at least for me personally, right? I told Justin beforehand, I was like, my diet's on point. I, I, you know, my exercise, I'm finally not like compulsively doing it. And like, I feel like I'm getting things on track. But what to me is the hardest point is exactly what you just talked about of emotional trauma. Mm -hmm. And uh, as somebody who um, is an empath, uh, always came, I came out of the womb, just like trying, you know, trying to figure life out. And like, <laughs> you know, I feel like it has emotional trauma and some trauma from my childhood. It has now caused me to, you know, have this issue with PCOS, I believe, in addition to Hashimoto's, like it's just this huge combination. Mm -hmm. So where can people start though, besides therapy? I mean, what are your suggestions when you start talking to girls about this? 
Are you like getting to therapy? <laughs> no, I mean, that's a large part of what I, I mean, no, Are I mean, you the that's therapist? a large part. Of, people think that way, but I'm not, I, I can't say that, but I studied psychotherapy and I've learned how to, uh, help women with trauma. Um, most, and, and I had to do it for myself, my own issues first police. So I'm a wounded healer. I've, you know, I had to go through the fire myself, but, um, that's what I do. And, and if people do their outside hypnotherapy and EMDR or whatever else they want to do, great. It complements the whole thing. But, um, I know from experience that what I've done with women with these traumatic issues has worked. It's just, um, what my, my whole approach with it is helping people tap into the intuitive wisdom that they have and the self-healing energy that's inside all of us that we all possess. And we just don't know how to access it. So, um, it's true. That's, so that's, yeah, I mean, that's really what I'm doing, but, um, yeah, I mean, the first thing with anybody is awareness. I mean, we have to be aware of what's going on and see the truth of, of what has happened and come to terms with it Right. in <laughs> terms of reality. Right. Um, doesn't mean you have to like it, but we have to at least come to learn to accept it. Um, because the one thing I, I, I've said over and over is that, you know, there are two types of suffering, the suffering that leads to more suffering and the suffering that leads to the end of suffering. If you're not willing to experience the second type of suffering, you're surely going to continue to experience the first, which is a long way of saying that you're going to suffer either way, whether you step into the shadows with your trauma or you avoid it. At least one of them is going to be short-lived, which is facing it versus the perpetual suffering you, you will have if you continue to avoid it. Yeah. So you, it's, all, it's all about bringing a, new, bringing a new choice to this because right. what you're currently doing is not working right and, well, maybe we need to try something else. So that's you know your decision, but... For me, it's like, okay, we need at least, if you're willing to do that, cool. Have the intention of exploring this, that's the first step. Yeah. Um, not going to force you to do anything if you're not willing to do it. But you got to put your toe in the water, right? And once you're able and willing to do that, then we have a, we have to bring um, awareness to what's going on. And, and you might have some idea of what has happened, and that's cool. Then we can start to learn how to heal that. And that's a whole different discussion and really more complicated. But the other issue is that some people will say, yeah, I had a great childhood. My parents, my parents were really nice to me. <laughs> they did this and that. That's great. I hope I'm glad to hear that, but you might still be harboring something and holding on to stuff and, you know, jealousy, fear, anger, guilt, shame, all that unworthiness. I see it all. I see all of it. Yeah. And so the body bears a burden and it's like, you have to learn how to release that and let it go. And so, um, the challenge is that for a lot of people, they don't re they don't remember because as a child, when you go through pain like that, you're only moved and and way to navigate through that is to kind of just erase, you know, erase it from your memory, you know, get rid of it and not even deal with it because you don't know how. Right. Um, and it's just painful to look at, but it stays with you. Right. And so there are ways in which we can bring that forward and have awareness of it. But that's simply a matter of. And actually, this is my book, by the way. I've, I've had it even break the ice with this. It's like just write out your own autobiography and start from that and see, well, how'd you get here? Right. How'd you come to be this way? You know, okay, at age two, I remember going through this. And at age four, I went through, you know, uh, a natural disaster. At age seven, I remember my parents got into a fight and, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's that's how you start to tap in, into your subconscious mind, long-term memory. And um you know, hypnotherapy and all those things can help too. But I honestly find that you can do this on your own. If you just sit, sit still, be quiet and, and have this mindfulness approach. Right. That's I feel like you've hit on so much because 
we are deep into this podcast. We've had some great professionals on and I feel like stress childhood trauma is such a root of so many things and not just PCOS and not just this and not, you know, Mm -hmm. you are just touching on something. I think all of us need to really tap into. And I think it's beneficial for all of us who even aren't struggling with this. So I think what you're doing and just bringing awareness to this, looking back at ourselves and taking kind of an inside look at ourselves is so important and such a good reminder for people that might not even, like you said, I had a great childhood. What are you talking about? Like, I don't have anything, but not necessarily realizing that there is more. Yeah. We just think of that as capital T, like sexual abuse, verbal abuse, whatever. It's not, it's not just that actually relational trauma is the most common type, which is Mm -hmm. lack of a connection with your caregiver or parent. That's the most common type of trauma. It's all relative. It doesn't matter what you think is trauma or not. It's all about the, the lived experience and how you decided to react to it. Right. Oh my goodness. I'm just like self-reflecting in my brain. If you think about it, we've all, we all trauma. We just don't know what it is. We do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No one's really different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Something I should try, which I, my husband just said it to me and I I feel like it's a sign because you're saying too, is writing it out because I have personally tried EMDR therapy. Um, I'm very open. I'm very aware of like the trauma. I'm, Mm I, I can verbally tell you everything, um, yeah. but it's still, for me, it's uh, shame. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. I think it's shame, guilt, uh, just from all of it. I think if I did start writing it out, maybe that would help, you know? I don't know. Maybe this is a sign. I need to try it. Maybe so, right? Yeah. I want to – end our PCOS journey on what is one piece of advice? Like if I walked, if I came to you and I said, Hey, I was just diagnosed with PCOS. What do I do? Where do I start? Someone who's just lost and doesn't know what are, where are you going to tell them to go and do? Um, what I'm going to say honestly is, you know, go, go to, go to your, uh, your, uh, OBGYN or your endocrinologist, or whoever you're seeing. Um, make sure you're like, you're really clear on what's going on and get the labs done, the hormones, see what your blood sugar's like it, you know, that's important, but understand that their only option, their first line of treatment is going to be drugs. And like, that's okay. But understand too, that you still have PCOS when you're on that stuff. Um, you still have issues. You still have PCOS, whether or not you do IVF, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're pregnant, you still have it. Um, and so be aware of that because now you have a different you have a choice whether you, that's a completely your, you know, your prerogative, but do you want to continue down this path and just do band-aid sort of things and manage the symptoms with that? Or do you want to get to the underlying problem so that you don't end up with endometriosis or cervical cancer or whatever else, high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, type of diabetes, because those are all significant risk factors, right? you know? Um, so, you know, and not to mention, no one likes hearing this. And I don't think people know it, but like, if you get pregnant and you haven't dealt with your PCOS, you have a chance of passing it on to your child, a female. That's if it's a female. So that is a thing that can happen. So yet, and so like all I'm saying is obviously women are not aware of this usually, but all I'm saying is that if you really want to get to the bottom of it and be done with it once and for all, be open to a different solution aside from conventional medicine. So let's talk about your book really quick. Um, the flexible dieting disaster. Um, Share a little bit about what people can find in the book um, 
and how, again, maybe they can't work with you, but how it could help them if, like, as, as again, another place to start for someone who just was diagnosed with PCOS. How can yeah. you help? Yeah, the book kind of, jeez, uh, it, it, it encompasses a lot of things. And so, yeah, it sounds like it's about macros and flexible dieting and the issues with the fitness industry, which it is. But there, the second, that's the first half. The second half of the book, though, really touches on what we just talked about with trauma and how to really uncover the wounds and burdens we have and how to decondition that and unburden that. Because um, that's what I found to be the big thing that underlines um, PCOS and autoimmune disease and eating disorders. So like this trauma stuff isn't specific to just what we're talking about today, but literally a lot of our health, modern health crises and, yeah. um, and issues. So like it, it's an opportunity to explore your past and see if that's also contributing to why you're sick with anything you're dealing with. Cause here's, here's the thing, the symptoms provide the source of where the healing is. Think about that. Expand right? on that for people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the source of your pain and symptoms like, cause yes, we know that maybe your microbiome is messed up and your liver is stagnant and your lymphatic system's like this and you're sure. But what I'm saying is that psychologically, mentally, um, there are things that you're holding on to, maybe emotional blocks and things you have not healed that are living in the body. And that's very true. It's psychoneuroimmunology. It's not a made up thing and <laughs> any of that stuff. So we have to realize that the mind and body are connected. They are not separate. Right. So the, the body doesn't forget what the mind does. So we right. can continue to write it off. But if it lives in us, it's going to show up and, and manifest in terms of symptoms. I've never met anybody with cancer who has not had some sort of trauma or emotional pain or things like that. Mm -hmm. Not to say that's true for everybody, but it's a thing that can long term um, definitely steer you in a nasty direction if it leaves, if it's untouched and unaddressed for many, many years. It takes a long time for this stuff to unfold and to a disease, but realize that sooner or later, it doesn't look good. You know, it's, it's why I'm such a huge advocate for helping women with this stuff, because not only from a health standpoint, but also from their relationships with people, how they show up in life and, um, you know, raising their kids, it rubs off. It, it, yeah. it affects everybody. Right? Yeah, it does. I've heard, um, again, speaking of where you hold that trauma, um, because I do have Hashimoto's, I have done some research and again, in that like chakra getting mm -hmm. into that. And so somebody had, had chatted with me that often they've seen people with thyroid problems who have um, felt like they cannot share their truth, speak their truth. They've been holding in whatever trauma, um, you know, since they were younger. And they, you know, the, the person I was speaking with had s said that a lot of her Hashimoto's thyroid patients um, all have that in common, which for me, yep. I, I look back now and I'm like, yeah, I spent my entire life keeping in like an experience and trauma. Yeah. So, I know. you know, then I look back and I'm like, shit, Whitney, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? You know? So I, I really believe in that mind body connection like that. Yeah. My mom who is Hashimoto's too. I mean, I, I saw it very clear with her and her pain and she lived with it for a long time. And I didn't even realize that it was one of the things that was uh, contributing to her disease and how she got here um, until after the fact. <laughs> so when I, when I really learned about this, I'm like, wow, okay, this is really what we need to spend our time looking at because you can do everything right from a physiological standpoint, but if you don't deal with that stuff, you're never going to get out of it. Right. You're never going to reverse it and heal it. Right. 
So good. I know we have some follower <laughs> questions. And oh yeah, listener right. questions. Yeah, um, so, so we, we can... ask our TGL listeners, and one of them, I actually got this in like three versions, but boosting fertility when you have PCOS. How to boost fertility? How to boost fertility when you have PCOS? Okay. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of touched on this a little bit, yeah. right? Um, and listen. I am not a woman and um, I will never know what it's like to be pregnant. And, you know, <laughs> like you make your own informed decision. That's all I'm saying with this. And I want to I want to be open with that in the beginning. But understand that you can do and a lot of women do this because they don't know of other options like, OK, I'll do IUI, I'll do IVF, do clomiphene. Great. If you want to do that, cool, do that. But understand that there are significant risk factors, uh, risks with all this. OK, I mean, literally you. A woman with PCOS who goes through that has a, a really great, a really good chance of uh, developing preeclampsia, gestational diabetes, and has an increased risk for preterm delivery. Um, and like I said before, you can, your, your, if you have a female child, that can uh, develop, that, that can develop PCOS later in life around menarche. It's interesting, but so, and not to mention, you still have PCOS. So, like, if you want to push it. But real, understand this, like you are circumventing a problem. Your body's literally saying, no, I can't, I don't, it's not safe to get pregnant, right? That's why yeah. you're not able to ovulate. So why would we want to push it and enforce it? It's like, it's like putting jet fuel in a Honda. It doesn't work, you know, like it's, right. it's not going to go any faster, but you're yeah. trying to make that happen. So yeah. if you want to reduce the risks of these health problems for your child and yourself, then you want to get to the root of the problem, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, it's the the, the most honest back. thing I can say, yeah. you know, because, because awesome. otherwise, by the way, clomiphene has no guarantees. It's, neither does I, IVF. They can still fail. And there are p many people that don't respond to clomiphene. Um, it's still have miscarriages anyway. And what does that do? It creates more heartbreak and it's because it's so devastating. Yeah, and guess what? That emotional stress just feeds into the hormonal dysfunction and you, then you're deeper in this PCOS hole. So it's one yeah. vicious cycle every time you go uh, through this. That's what right? I'm actually most fearful of. Because this, this exactly what you said is exactly what happened to me. I went to fertility doctor. He put me on metformin. Husband came home from deployment, got pregnant, had a miscarriage. And it's like, and I'm going to try not to get emotional. But yeah, like, it's, you know, you don't want to go through it again. Imagine. But it's, you know, you sit here and you're like, again, I shared with you like a lot of what I've deep dove into your Instagram and like a lot of what you speak on and do and like I feel like I do but they're just like a few missing pieces and it's like just that is my biggest fear because I'm supposed yeah. to go back like I'm supposed to try Clomid coming up and it's like you know ugh, whatever I shouldn't even be talking about it so I don't cry on the podcast sorry guys um we'll move on okay another question um, what type of supplements would you recommend to all your PCOS patients? I know it varies per person, I'm sure, but if there's yeah, a there, few. Right. There, there, there are a couple staples that I, um, I will use because we just have to, um, across the board. Um, a berberine is going to be one, like I said, uh, vitamin D, especially, um, you know, you want to check your levels. It should be above 50, but, um, if you're you know, especially if you live in like high altitudes and things like that, you're not getting sunlight. I mean, that's definitely important, but there are, there are definitely like SNPs or, or uh, genetic, you know, polymorphisms, if you will, with, with vitamin D, um, with women who have, um, PCOS. So 
which means that you might have a hard time absorbing vitamin D through food and stuff like that or getting it through some, so it, a supplementation with vitamin D would be really important. Probiotic is a no-brainer in my mind, right? Um, you know, there's like D-chiro, uh, myo-inositol, that stuff has been good and shown to help with um, OSI maturation and quality. Um, you know, then there's things like, uh, what else am I thinking of? Um, uh, Ch- Chinese peony licorice for androgens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, green tea is great. I can help a lot actually with reducing androgens, mm-hmm. you know, improving sex hormone binding globulin. Those are, you know, I'm just yeah. speaking out loud here, but those, some, some of the things there that can help uh, for sure. Soy is hit or miss. Sometimes it's good. It can be helpful, but, um, you know, again, what I'll say is that you cannot supplement your, de- your way out of PCOS either. It's, yeah, right. it's helpful, but it's not going to fix everything. I would just like to bring to everyone's attention that I believe you just said we can eat licorice. Or <laughs> licorice oh. root, right? <laughs> licorice root, not like the candy. <laughs> like, <Jeez>. Sorry. <laughs> Never even thought of that. <laughs> Kristen's like, I'm going to go get myself some Twizzlers now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no. He said licorice. No. No, no, I did say that. Oh, my goodness. Well, tell everyone where we can find you, where we can stalk you, and again, deep dive into your Instagram. It's so yeah. worth it, you guys. Cool. Yeah, I have a lot more on there for sure. Um, yeah, it's simply at Justin Janoska. It's uh, J-U-S-T-I-N-J-A-N-O-S-K-A. Um, and the website actually has a lot of uh, videos and trainings and stuff I've done on PCOS too. Um, theautoimmunerevolution.com because that's what I do most of the time too. Um, and I actually do have a free Facebook group that has even more trainings and stuff about PCOS. And it's simply... Um, it's called PCOS Powerhouse. Find it in the search box. I'm sure you can find it. Yeah. We'll and we'll link to all of this on our website so our yeah. listeners can stalk you and we'll have your book and all of that cool stuff. So thank you for being such a breath of fresh air in this. You know what we didn't Go. do? Our best I... friend question. Oh, yeah, that's right. Gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh, guys. We were just – so we always ask, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received from your best friend? Um. Yeah, there are a couple things. I, I, I think it's uh, take the high road with, with uh, kindness and generosity. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that sticks with me a lot. And one of my mentors, actually, who's a, who's a doctor, said that to me. And so, you know, because we all need, we could all be more kind and generous in the world, I think. Definitely. Yeah. And when you're talking about sensitive <sighs> topics, too, I'm sure you come across people who right. – cannot be so kind and you know maybe even some doctors and nurse practitioners oh it's so sad and yeah it's, it's a real test food. it's a real test for me right yeah <laughs> i know and people who just need a little more kindness as they tell you things that they're dealing with and going through yeah yeah i love it well you have been just like a fresh breath of air for me and taught us so much so thank you for joining us today and my pleasure thank you guys for having me